Welcome to the Building the Elite Podcast, where we discuss the physical, mental, and emotional aspects of human performance within military special operations by looking at the principles that can help anyone thrive in chaotic and challenging environments. This is Jonathan from Building the Elite. A recent study on BUD students looked at the roles of mindsets around stress, willpower, and failure. The primary focus of the study was the stress mindset. This is whether you view stress as either enhancing, stress helps me perform, or debilitating, stress is bad and should be avoided. Those who view stress as a necessary and welcome part of coping with challenges did better. They had greater persistence through training, faster obstacle course times, and fewer negative evaluations from peers and instructors. A second focus was on the perception of failure. Researchers made a test with questions like, experiencing failure improves performance and productivity. Students who scored highly on the failure is enhancing assessment had lower persistence, were less likely to complete first phase, and were slower on the O course. This is Craig from BTE. That second finding may seem odd, that people who thought of failure as a helpful tool didn't perform as well in BUDS. In most settings, those who seek to learn from failure and embrace negative feedback are more successful, especially in the long term. However, when we look at a career, most of the time we're not in a testing setting. We're practicing, training, and developing. We can learn from failure, come back, and try again. Embracing failure is beneficial in learning environments, but it can be harmful in testing settings. This study took place during first phase of BUDS, when the students are getting hammered into quitting and ruthlessly assessed. It's their Olympics or Super Bowl. You make it or you don't. Signs of weakness in this environment only draw unwanted attention. As one student said, it was like sharks smelling blood in the water. The instructors saw that I was struggling, and they swarmed. This quiz assessed the extent to which students could rationalize failure in this testing environment. Here, there's little opportunity to learn from outright failure. If you don't make the cut, you don't get another chance. So in these settings, you have to put everything on the line. As Sun Tzu, the Chinese military strategist who wrote The Art of War, wrote at the end of a lengthy discussion of strategies in different situations, in death ground, fight. When your life, or your shot at making it through Hell Week, or anything else that truly matters to you is on the line in a permanent way, that's not the time to accept failure, give ground, or hold something back for another day. You can only fight. Craig and I have been talking about this idea that most intensely challenging physical experiences go through three different stages. This might be during a difficult event during soft selection, on a hard day of alpine climbing, or even just doing a painful workout. In the first stage, you begin with thoughts without pain. You might be anticipating what's about to come, but it hasn't yet hit you physically. In the second stage, you have thoughts with pain. This can be the most difficult part because you're in a place of intense discomfort and your sense of time changes. Every moment feels like an eternity. Your self-talk starts to take center stage here. 
and you can find yourself in a really negative mental place, fixating on how much it hurts, how much longer you have to go, how much you really don't want to be doing this, how easy it would be to quit, and on and on. It's as much mental torment as it is physical. Finally, there's the third stage, pain without thoughts. At this point, a lot of your cognitive processes go away and you've accepted that discomfort is just part of the process. It still hurts, but you no longer think about it. It's just part of your world. In this third stage, we fall back to our more basic and well-reinforced patterns. It's here that we see how well we've trained the skills that we need under stress and fatigue. Because things that haven't been well-practiced will probably not be available for recall. Whether it's how to work your radio and handle your weapon, or how to maintain good posture and breathing despite carrying a crushing weight at the limits of your endurance, you're just surfacing the skills that your prior training has given you. An interesting thing about this phenomenon is that there seems to be a drastic difference in the perception of time between our experiencing selves and our remembering selves. When we're in the middle of stage two or three, it feels like forever. Seconds feel like minutes and minutes feel like hours. But then, when it's over and you look back on it, the opposite happens. It's like waking up from a dream. Most of your memory of the experience fades very quickly and in retrospect, it was over pretty fast. Entire stretches of time that felt like an eternity in hell will have just disappeared from your mind. All you know is that it sucked, and that you did what you had to do to keep going through it, and then it was over. I took advantage of this a lot when I was a student in special operations selection in the Navy. In the middle of some terrible event that felt like forever, I would remind myself that I wouldn't even really remember it when it was over. All the pain was temporary. When the day ended and I was still there, still moving forward, the amount of suffering that I had experienced wouldn't matter anymore. The only thing I'd carry forward with me would be my actions. The fact that I didn't quit and I made it through another day. Somehow, knowing that I wouldn't remember how bad something hurt while I was suffering through it helped to minimize the impact that the pain had on me. It made it less important and less powerful. There is a massive difference between how people move through these stages. Great athletes and people who excel in special operations selection move quickly past stage two and spend much more of their time in stage three, pain without thought. They can accept the physical discomfort that their situation demands and mentally move on without fixating on it. They just do what they have to do and let the hurt come along as part of the process. People who quit during soft selection, on the other hand, usually don't even make it out of stage two. They get stuck there, and the only way out that they can find is to give up. Everyone in the course is in pain. The difference between those who quit and those who keep going is not the pain. It's in the thoughts that they have in response to the pain. The more successful ones can experience and accept pain without it tearing them apart mentally. The pain becomes a companion on the journey. Crucially, this is not about avoidance. This is about the open, non-judgmental acceptance of pain. You don't run away. You look directly at it, acknowledge it, and take away your need to have an opinion about it. As the psychologist Stephen Hayes said, 
If you cannot open up to discomfort without suppression, it becomes impossible to face difficult problems in a healthy way. I've experienced this myself many times on ski mountaineering expeditions in places like Peru and Siberia. There are times when you're freezing cold, you're exhausted, and every breath and every step forward hurts. And the only way to make it stop is to just keep going. You have to accept suffering as part of the ride for as long as it takes. This is also something that anyone who competes in Brazilian jiu-jitsu has had to come to terms with. In a full-out competitive BJJ match, you'll reach a place where the only way forward is to keep pushing through fatigue and discomfort. There's no escaping the pain. It's just part of what it takes to win. So you accept it, and you go into that place of pain without thoughts. You just have to stay in that place for one second longer than your opponent. Often you or your opponent is technically, tactically, or physically dominant. But there sometimes comes a moment in a match when you can feel your opponent break. It's when they can no longer accept the pain of pushing forward and they mentally and physically give in so that they can escape the pain. It's not a physical failure. It's a mental reflex to stop fighting because it hurts too much. When you feel that, you know that you've won. This brings us back to the study on BUD students from the beginning of this talk. The students who had a positive stress mindset and thought of their stress response as an asset that helped them to cope with challenges, rather than something harmful that should be avoided, were more likely to engage in active coping and were more successful. And the students who, in this testing environment, were more open to the idea of failure were less successful. While the ability to seek out and learn from negative feedback is valuable in most settings, these students were in the middle of a test that they only had one shot at. There was no room for learning from failure because there was no second chance. They were in death ground, and only the ones who fought with everything they had made it through. These successful students accepted pain as their companion and spent much of their time in the third stage of pain, pain without thought. They just accepted it as a necessary part of the path that they had chosen, and they stayed in the fight without breaking. That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure and subscribe to the Building the Elite podcast on whatever player or podcast host you prefer. You can find us at buildingtheelite.com where you can learn more or let us know what topics you'd like to hear about in upcoming episodes. We'll see you next time.